When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Hello. For the paywall, we're here. Mm-hmm. And so we got a mini episode, and it's about Superman. Uh, a lot of our Patreon fans have gotten a few episodes on the show, but for the main show, we haven't really had much of a chance to talk about Superman and Lois on the CW. Uh, it's on season three, and Andrew and I are both fans, everyone. Yeah. Uh, those who don't know. So, you know, Tyler Hecklin, Elizabeth Tulloch are Superman and Lois, and maybe my favorite versions of these characters because of just how much they've been given, like, a lot of real drama to explore and show a really human side to uh, all of it. And uh, so far, season three is pretty damn good. I think it's better than the last season so far. What do you think? Could be the best one. I mean, hmm. not that everything needs to be darker and stuff, but the gravitas of of the season is For sure. definitely definitely helping i think uh, helping the drama out so um yeah i mean we're still in the middle of it but it's it's definitely been good so far Mm -hmm. yeah no it's been been great so far so i think uh one of the things that's interesting to talk about that i I thought that i wanted to devote kind of a mini episode to which is the fact that uh there is a a big storyline that's part of the season so spoilers for those who haven't checked it out but for those who have uh lois lane in this season, believes that she's pregnant at first, only to discover that actually she's not. She goes in for more blood tests and eventually finds out that she is diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. Uh, So the challenge of the season for her and the Lane Kent family is centered around her battle with cancer while trying to maintain their responsibilities. Her as a reporter, Clark's as Superman, while they encounter Inner Gang and Bruno Mannheim. So, and I'm sure there's a lot more to come because Lex Luthor is supposed to show up at some point during the season. So a lot of shit's going down. Um, but uh, if you've been an audience member for the show for a while, you know that I am a cancer survivor myself. In fact, this past weekend marked the 10-year anniversary since my remission of Hodgkin's lymphoma. So it's been 10 years uh, on this. And the uh, question is, you know, how does the portrayal of cancer in this show stack up to sort of what I've personally experienced? Now, again, I can't speak for all cancer survivors or or everybody who's gone through it, but I can only speak to my own experience. So from what I've seen so far, I've got to say, I honestly feel like this show is one of the best representations I've seen of what it's like to go through uh, cancer as somebody who is usually seen as too young to go through. Usually, you know, somebody... The, the, it feels like the typical cancer patient is somebody who's like already in their, you know, senior years. But, you know, Lois isn't. I wasn't. I was 24 when I was diagnosed. Um, oh, man. Yeah. 
uh, Lois in the season deals with, you know, when or how do I tell the rest of my family? And I dealt uh, with a similar thing with my friends. Some people I told in person, like I told you, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hard to forget, I guess. From, it's the first time that ever happened years. to me in person, man. That's the first time I'd ever had, like, yeah, that was my first experience being told that from mm-hmm. somebody I knew like that. It's usually you hear kind of through the grapevine, but you yeah. told me directly while we had a burger together. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, too. I figured that for some reason, I'm like, I figured this is the best time to tell somebody. Uh, But others I had told over the phone, others I just some people who I was close to, I ended up just messaging, which they hated. (laughs) But, you know, it's it sounds kind of callous where I'm just like, I just I message. I usually use like I I use G chat (laughs) to tell some of my closest friends about what was happening. But the reason why is that, like, you get so tired telling everybody that you just at some point you're just like, all right, let me just cut to the chase and just tell somebody the easiest way possible for me uh, in that. So I can kind of relate to what she goes through in the season where, like, she you kind of suspect something's going on in the second episode, but she doesn't outright tell anybody, including her family, until the very end of episode two. Um. Yeah. I didn't have to deal with that with my own family because of the fact that my dad, my dad's a doctor, full disclosure. Um, uh, he retired afterwards, but uh, he was still at the hospital. So he was actually, he found out uh, along with my mom when I was still under anesthesia uh, from oh, a biopsy man. surgery. So like they found out before me and they let my dad tell me the news uh, when I woke up. So that at least spared me the, uh, you know, having to tell my parents aspect because they already knew. But uh, I can only imagine how that must have felt as a parent to tell that to your own, you know, to your own child. Uh, so that's it's it's an aspect that I felt was really well done uh, in the show. And uh, I also love that Lois is still visibly Lois in the season. A lot of times it feels like cancer in movies and TV shows. Suddenly they get a diagnosis and like the next scene, they're like bald and 50 pounds lighter in a hospital bed. And that's just not really what it, that's like what happens down the line. If you, uh, you know, it's several years later, but that's not like what happens like the next week. Um, Andrew and I were fortunate to meet Adam Malinger who works on the show uh, over at WonderCon. And he told us they've talked to, you know, they've done their research. They've talked to cancer survivors. They've, they've made sure that this is a genuine experience being conveyed because everyone sort of encounters it differently. And uh, I, I can see that through this you know she very much wants to lois wants to continue her life in spite of cancer uh and that's extremely relatable you know like i still wanted to keep writing like i still wanted work to continue and at a certain point uh you get you get kind of annoyed where people sort of treat you like you're fragile and you don't want to be treated like you're fragile but you also don't want them to uh like completely expect you to be like you were before either so it's like a fine line to tread and you can't really expect people to read your mind either when you're going through that. So sometimes you want them to know that you're going through a hard time. And other times you don't want them to treat you as if you're fragile or as if you're having to go through a hard time. But again, people can't read your mind. There are times where you want to talk about it. There are times where you don't want to talk about it. Again, this is all speaking from my own experience. It might be different from other people's. Um, but I, again, I just feel like that's really well done in this show uh, because of the fact that like, she's very determined to like extreme lengths like more extreme lengths than I think I can relate to where uh, she, she even skips chemo in order to investigate Bruno Mannheim. Obviously I've never done that, but I can understand. (laughs) 
I can understand the uh, the need or the desire to feel like there's a sense of normalcy uh, in your life to distract from the fact of what's going on and um, how that can be a sort of veil over how scared you are about what's going on. So again, like this is this is all really well done stuff, stuff I was not expecting from this show, not because I don't think they're capable of it, but because I just wasn't expecting the storyline, you know, from the way it looked like in the beginning, I'm like, oh, it looks like Superman and Lois, like Clark and Lois are going to have another kid. And then suddenly things went darker. Uh, and yeah, I wasn't expecting like I didn't expect that to be in the second episode uh, at all. So uh, uh, last thing uh, that I want to say that I appreciate is they seem very up to date on cancer treatment these days, or at least what I went through back in 2012, 2013. Um, first off, she's not throwing up all over the place. They They do mention anti-nausea medications, and that was true for me. You know, like the chemo, thankfully, has gotten to a point where anti-nausea meds are there so that you uh, don't have to do that all the time. Um, she can walk around with the IVs attached to her. Again, she's not like strapped to like a hospital bed and stuff at this point. She has a porticath in her chest, as we can see here. Uh, I, had a, I had the same thing. Like that's basically what they use in order to uh, inject what they need to for the chemo in there. Like nearly everything Lois experiences emotionally is something that uh, I feel is true to my own journey or true to what it would be like in those shoes. So again, just wanted to have this little quick thing to salute the writers of Superman and Lois and everyone involved for how well everything's been portrayed this season coming from the perspective of a cancer survivor. I'm looking forward to more. It's insane that all this is going down. It's this good. And Lex Luthor has not even showed up yet. So, uh, but I'm sure they're going to kill it just like they've done it with everything else. So it's been great. It's been great. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I got in terms of Superman and Lois stuff. Uh, any other, uh, any other thoughts on the season, Andrew? <laughs> well, first, thank you for your story, Ben, with the, the cancer stuff. Sorry that's... to be like, all right, here's the mic, but yeah, I, I'm that's... out of stuff to talk about. On this that's... <laughs> like, that's obviously not something I'm going to be buttoning in with my jokes, uh, <laughs> like I normally would. So let kind of let you have the floor there. Um, so uh, but yeah, thank you for your story. I mean, of course, I already knew it, but thank you for sharing uh, mm -hmm. for for um, the channel here and for the listeners. Um, I thankfully, knock on wood, I haven't gone through this uh, and I didn't know how accurate it was. So uh, that's that's cool. And it's it, I mean, it it does show just how plucky of a reporter she is. Mm -hmm. um, if we go back to the show. uh she's like using every chance she can get i mean spoilers for the show by the way mm -hmm. uh but she's choosing just every chance she can get to and, and not to, to to like chase down her story um and it's uh like the cancer's not really affecting her just yet mm -hmm. and it probably is she's trying to run away from the reality of it which is heavy um and it's in and of itself and uh she's but but she's also always been very tenacious with her reporting so mm -hmm. um it really works and it does feel like so far anyway it's very lois driven i mean yeah. obviously she got cancer and she is a title character superman and lois mm -hmm. so it's not a you know it is what it is and i think it's cool and it's definitely a pretty heavy season Mm -hmm. obviously so far and i look forward to seeing where where it goes for sure yeah definitely. yeah it's it's a lot man it's quite a yeah. lot 
It's a lot, but I'm looking forward to what they got in store. Definitely looking forward yeah. to uh, to Lex because again, if they've they've nailed Superman and Lois so far, so Lex Luthor's you know another major major Superman character. Uh, also, really love you know the John Henry Irons. I wish they gave him more of a steel looking costume, but yeah. that's another discussion. Yeah, that's another discussion. Uh, that's uh, I, I really like what they've done with the characters, so I'm really looking forward to this. And uh, again, it's it's a really well done version that stays true to I think the emotional journey that would be like to go through that while staying true to Lois as a character. So well done writers of Superman and Lois. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, other announcements uh, before we go behind the paywall. Uh, thank you everyone who supported my first published fiction shortcut to happily ever after. It's a short story novella that was published in Metaphorosis magazine in April available to read on the Metaphorosis website, as well as on Kindle and paperback. If you choose to get your own copies and support that magazine, uh, which you should, uh, but a podcast audiobook version is available as well, uh, read by podcast host Matt Gomez, which you can check out on YouTube. And thanks again to those who have already heard it on YouTube, such as Leander Nicholson and Jacob Patrick, who commented on it. Uh, again, thanks to you. It is the number one video on the Metaphorosis channel on YouTube. So thanks again for that. Uh, but that is not all that's in store for us. We're going to be in a movie, everybody. Whoops. Uh, so that is coming up soon. Specifically, it's a short film done by our Patreon patron and longtime supporter, Jeffrey Scott Richards. Jeffrey put us in his documentary, All Right Forever, uh, talking about COVID experiences. But now he's putting us in a scripted short film and we're going to be in it. We have. OK, well, we don't have the starring role, but we have a good chunk. <laughs> I'll say that I've, I've looked at the script. <laughs> we have a good chunk. Uh, so it's called Derek Magnum. Uh, and the log line is this. I'm reading it off of Indiegogo. Uh, Derek Magnum is one of the leading directors slash creative forces in the superhero genre today. When his wife posthumously publishes a tell-all book about his years of misconduct towards her, he loses everything, and now, years later, he tries to find redemption in the eyes of his 21-year-old son. Uh, so I guess it's about the other side of cancel culture. It's about the redemption side of this, or can there be redemption for his past behavior? Which I think is an interesting discussion and also relevant, yeah. <laughs> clearly very relevant to uh, some figures in the superhero genre, uh, including upcoming movies, but also just people in general, you know, not just relegated to the superhero genre. So I think this is a good topic. Uh, and so uh, Andrew and I will play ourselves hosting superhero yes. stuff you should know. Uh, so that should be easy from an acting perspective, I think. Uh, so far, I think we'll see uh, when we start rolling. But uh, we will be discussing Derek Magnum in our show in the short film. So check that out. Uh, but uh, basically, Jeffrey could use your help on the production with festival and marketing costs, with feeding the main actors, uh, with paying the composer. This is, you know, the, the actors I'm referring to are not us. We're, we're okay. We're good. This is more about uh, the people who are on the set. We'll probably do all our stuff uh, like we've usually been doing virtually uh, on that. So we won't have to be worried about us. But yeah, this is, this is to help out Jeffrey. None of the money in here goes directly towards us. It is all to help out on this project that we want to support and believe in. So head on over to Indiegogo.com. Uh, the URL's right here. I'm not going to read it out. I tried it out for the ad that's coming up, and it was just too much of a mouthful. It's just Derek Magnum, a short film by Richard uh, Richard Scott J. There we go. So let's help him out. And uh, nice. that is Yes. It. Thank you, Jeffrey, for uh, making us a part of your project. And everybody, please check it out on Indiegogo if you can and send them a few bucks. Mm -hmm. to cover the cost of crew and whatnot not us yep. just his crew and his other uh you know costs that he might have mm -hmm. 
All right. So, so yeah, go ahead and help out Jeffrey, and uh, we will be discussing behind the paywall more about the Chris Brancato Flash script and the history of Flash fighting a Vandal Savage. All right, everybody. So we are now going behind the paywall. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 